The information provided on the Finesse Your Money podcast is not intended to constitute legal, business, financial or other professional or product advice. It is provided as general information only and is not intended as a substitute for personal advice from a qualified and licensed professional who is familiar with the facts of your particular circumstances. Ever asked yourself where your money is going? It's a common problem for businesses and people personally. Is it dumb luck to be successful with money? Or is it the smartest and most successful businesses and people that plan and know their numbers? Is your money out of control or needing some finessing? In this second season of Finesse Your Money, we're focusing on growth for businesses and personal and practical steps that you can take to grow. We explore what inspires our inspirational guests and the importance of giving back. We've also got some excellent tips from our guests about their planning process and who they rely on to keep their money under control and set themselves up for a bright, happy future. Get ready to be inspired. I'm Janine Wilson, the host of Finesse Your Money. I've been a financial advisor for 10 years and an accountant beforehand for, well, many more years. I'm the founder of Finesse Financial Advisors. Hi and welcome to Finesse Your Money. I'm Janine Wilson and our guest today is Paul Dunn. Paul is a four times TEDx speaker, award-winning entrepreneur and master presenter. Paul has received numerous awards for his work such as Global Lifetime Achievement Award for Service to Accounting Profession in the UK. His work as chairman of the revolutionary business giving movement, B1G1, that's business for good, has already created over 150 million giving impacts around the world. B1G1 helps businesses embed giving right at the heart of their everyday activities. B1G1 makes business giving easy, effective and meaningful. And to give you a bit of the backstory here, my business, Finesse Financial Advisors, gives through B1G1. I recommended a business friend took uh, looked at business B1G1, Business for Good, and signed up. And Paul personally called me to thank me for the referral, which I found extraordinary um, for such a, a busy guy. But that just says volumes about who Paul is and how our chat today came about. So welcome, Paul. Well, thank you. And thank you for that very generous uh, introduction. <laughs> I appreciate it. It's so nice to be here. And uh, of course, uh, thank you too for those people listening to us. I'm really thrilled that we were able to jump into your day. As I said, Paul, in the intro, you're the founder and advisor at B1G1 and the biggest cheerleader I'm led to believe. <laughs> so tell us more about B1G1 and what excites you about it. Well, I think all of us uh, all of us have moments uh, in, in life. I know that as a CPA, you had a particular moment in your life, which, you know, which took you on a particular path to finesse, as it were. So I had that. I had that in 2007. Up, up to that, up until that point, uh, you know, people would have regarded me, you, you know, as you were saying, as a very successful entrepreneur. And in the year 2000, I'd sold all of my enterprises, had gone to live most of the year in France, and you know, it was really good. Right? Uh, but then there are these moments, and one of those moments occurred when someone I was mentoring, her name is Masami, Masami Sato. And she came to uh, a session, a, a mentoring session. And those of you listening to this would know that if you are a mentor, uh, then you're the one that asks the questions, right? And it's the mentee that sort of answers the question, right? Janine, I'm sorry, you, you understand that, right? 
And anyway, she, she comes to this uh, session and it was very obvious that something had been happening. It was very obvious. Just her whole, whole persona was very different. And she said, is it okay if I ask you a question? And I said, sure. And she said, well, it's not so much a question, but I just want you to imagine something. And I said, well, God, what, what, what do you want me to imagine? And she was saying this, of course, with her lovely Japanese accent, which made it even more powerful. So she said, I want you to imagine a world where every time business is done, something great happens in our world. And I, I remember I went, oh, yeah, well, that'll be good. You know, sort of like dismissing it almost. And 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 uh, she said, I've called it buy one, give one. And I said, well, how would, how would that work? Right? And she said, well, imagine, and I hope I can drop a, a brand name here on the, on the podcast. So she said, well, imagine you, you go to Harvey Norman and you, and you buy a, a plasma TV. And I, I go, woo, 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 stop a second. What did, what did you say was called? She said, oh, I'm imagining it in my mind. So it's be, buy one, give one. I said, so if I go there to buy a plasma TV, then they're not going to give me another TV. <laughs> what are you doing? And she said, no, 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 you misunderstand. And I said, well, what is it that I misunderstand? And she said, well, think about that TV. You want that TV because you feel you need better vision. Right? So how would it be, she said, if when you did that, to the, when you bought the TV, someone who could not see got the gift of sight? I went, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and so she could see and experience the sort of suck of air. That, 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 and then she said, or, oh, and I happened to be drinking a cup of coffee at the time as well. And she said, or oh, imagine, you know, every time a cup of coffee is sold, uh, a child in need gets access to pure life saving water. Oh, my God. And then she, you know, we're surrounded by some of my books, and, and she said, or, you know, when, when someone buys your book, how would it be if a tree had planted? And I remember saying to her, Masami, that's the best idea I've ever heard in my life. Can I be your mentor for the rest of your life? And eventually she said yes to that. So that's become, you know, life-changing for me. And fortunately for lots of businesses, I think about 3,000 plus now, and you're one of them, uh, businesses um, around the world, um, who can now very simply do these, the you know, very simple things like 100% of your giving goes. But more importantly than that, you know, and great things happen, right? But more important than that is what it does to you. We frequently think that, you know, when we give, it's the person to whom we're giving who's the beneficiary. We think, and that's obvious to think that. And of course they are. But what we forget is that the beneficiary is ourselves. Right? Because I, I happen to believe, and I know you share it, that we're all at our very best when, when we give it. There's something special about that. Right? Uh, it's like it's in our DNA. And so uh, it adds meaning and purpose to what you do, and then that changes everything. People talk about, as you know, they talk about B1G1 as transforming their business because it lets them shift the spirit of their business. Paul, listening to your story there and your, your comment about mentors and mentees, um, I was a mature age student and so when I needed a, a, a mentor, my mentor, as it turned out, was a good 10 or 15 years younger than me and I recall that first conversation where I kind of pointed out, 
say, you know, we've got a lot to learn from each other. Yeah, that's so true. That is that is that is so true. And but I think you know, I, I mean, here we are, you know, hopefully coming through COVID. And I, I, I don't know about you, but this I think has been a really interesting time. And I, when I say interesting, I don't mean to lessen any of the dramatic, significant negative impacts on on you know on so many people. But it's been really fascinating because because everything has been accelerated right so fast, and it's just given us this opportunity to kind of look at what we're doing and go, oh. Oh, look at that. There's actually, you know, there's actually, uh, I mean, let's take the fact that you and I are Zooming now, right? Now, you, you, you we, you know, we've been able to do that for a number of years, but there would be, well, you know them and I know them, you know, people have completely changed their business models and stuff. In fact, I was talking to a dentist uh, in Chatsworth in, in, in Sydney, uh, who's a P1 June 1 member, and uh, she was explaining how she could force her to kind of look at what was happening and so she'd done things to quote unquote double down on the relationship with her patients or with her clients as she calls them which of course has led to you know i was going to say it's led to more business which is true but the thing that it has led that's caused that is that it's led to more connection and so if we can think that business and growing it is actually all about connection, that's what it really is, you know, with marketing and selling, you know, all those sorts of things. But it's really about connection. It's really about, I think, building businesses. And you know this because you do this very well. It's really about creating a place to which people feel a sense of connection and, and at, a, at a deeper level than that, to which they want to belong, you know, and that's the... That's a very human, you know, that's built into our DNA. We all want to belong to things. I think we've seen this change uh, coming for a long, long time. And I, I trace it back to 2008, you know, with the global financial crisis where we learned. You remember, right, in 2008, you would go to seminars and stuff and the basic philosophy of those seminars was greed is good. Right? Well, we, we learned that that doesn't work. You know, we learned. I see now more and more businesses uh, really understanding that becoming a an on-purpose business, if you will, you know, something where you have something that is greater than yourself uh, really is the key. Uh, and, and so we see uh, that accelerating rapidly in these times where, We've understood some basic things. I mean, we've understood that we're all connected. <laughs> so, you know, it's a really interesting time. And hopefully we've all used it well to reflect on what could we be doing to connect more, you know. And I think, by the way, I think B1G1 lets you do that, right? I mean, that's what B1G1 does, really. It does. And I, I agree. I mean, you know, in a time where you would expect it to be a time of disconnection and improved connection because we found better, you know, other or better ways to do it. And it's been quite yeah. cathartic with people being very introspective on, you know, what what is the meaning of life and, and so on. Exactly. You know? And so... Well, you, you would have seen that even more than me, right? I mean, you absolutely would. So I, I guess, Paul, in business and in life, you know, how important is it to be open-minded to new ideas and ways of doing things? I mean, I think we've just seen that people who um, found it difficult were the ones who were less accepting of new ideas and new ways of doing things. <laughs> 
That's right. You know, when frequently when I when I have the privilege of presenting, if you if you will, whether uh, you know, and right now, I mean, there isn't a hotel in the world where you can do that, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, when I'm sort of, sort of live, in, I, I hesitate to say when I'm live in front of audiences because I'm live in front of you right now, right? But but you know what I mean, right? So so when when we could feel and touch, right? And people would always come up to me at, at the at the end, and they'd say, "Oh my God, where do you get your energy from? Oh my goodness, that's amazing." And and I would honestly look at them, uh, and and, so, and by the way, it still happens on Zoom. <laughs> so, so I would say, well, I actually get it from you. And they say, what? What do you mean you, you you get it from me? And uh, and I do. It's it's like I have this uh, this curiosity um, for you know why did that little thing work there? Oh my goodness, how does that work? So I think this you know open mindedness is is the ability to be continually curious. And and if you can also think about, you know, why your business exists and it exists, you know, to make a difference in the lives of the people you deal with. So therefore, you always need to be thinking, hang on, how can I do that better? How, you know, you've got to be curious about enabling, your, your, you know, ways of, uh, of doing that. And, you know, you see some amazing things. Like, for example, in uh, in uh, where was it? In, in um, oh gosh, in I think it was Oslo. Yes, it was in Oslo. Here's this hotel, right? That is, you know, effectively closed down because you know you can't go in hotels. So then what happens is they restrict, they lift some of the restrictions, and so what you can do is you can dine in their beautiful restaurant, but you have to maintain, you know, social distance and all that sort of thing. So, so therefore, the numbers of people that they could put into that restaurant was obviously limited. So they look at it and they go, I wonder if there's another way. And someone said, well, why don't we move the beds out of the room and we can create private dining suites for everybody so now they've got the rooms of private dining suites. I mean, who would have thought that you, you could do that, right? It's like, it's like amazing. isn't it? Isn't it just amazing? And and uh, yeah, so it's that's what I meant about this being, you know, this being a, a, a time when there's several things that I call it. One of the things I, I say is it's our time to rise, right? It really is. A, another way of thinking about it is it's a time to reset, but there's something else. It's not, not just reset. It's reset dot, 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 for better. Reset for better. In other words, it's not necessarily about Asking this question, how can I get back on track? I mean, that's a good question, right? But there's probably a better question, which is, is there a new track that I should be on, right? And then when, in order to explore that, you obviously have to be open-minded and do things that at first might, might feel very uncomfortable. Uh, but then again, that's probably what happened when you started your business. It was really uncomfortable anyway. So, uh, and, and you know, you would you would discover. I mean, in the financial space, for example, you know, things that you do. Um, I, I was uh, talking to someone um, in the in the U.S. on on Friday or Thursday their time, and one of the amazing things that they discovered. I mean, you and I know, but to them it was amazing, which was. Oh, I can actually connect better on Zoom with my client. Oh, look at that. They don't have to travel anymore. And I can actually share 
financial statements with them. Oh, oh my goodness, I can do that securely. And oh my goodness, when I'm, when they're looking at the financial statement, I can actually look them in the eye, you know, because it, it, it's there. And I can actually use my mouth to say, look at that right there, you know. <laughs> and as a result, you know, I can I can see more people. They can they can get more from what I do, uh, just by zooming, as a for example. And there would be many other examples of it. Yeah. I think traditionally people have got into the habit of thinking about innovation as being an improvement in a widget or a new widget design or you know some sort of tech thing. But but really, it, it's about any idea and switching things up, isn't it? So what would be your best advice to businesses exploring new ideas? Well, it's, it's interesting you, you phrase it that way. It really is interesting because we, you know, in tech obviously plays a huge part in, in what we are beneficiaries of tech right now. We are. And, you know, that's scary for some people. It really is. What if you think about the tech in a different way and you don't think about it as tech, but you, you think about it as tech that is allowing us to be more human, right? And it's allowing us to be more human because much of the sort of, for example, much of the drudgery stuff where we used to spend, you know, all our time sort of balancing the books or whatever it was, we don't do that anymore. You push a button and, you know, bang, it's, it's done, right? So now you have more time to be more human. What? You know, when we're on Zoom, we can connect with multiple people at the same time that, and they can, they can feel, and, and by the way, when we do that, they can connect with others. And so, and I'm sure you've seen this, that one of the, one of the amazing things that's happened to me is that I used to think arrogantly, <laughs> I have to say, although I didn't think I was being arrogant at the time, but, but now I think uh, I probably was. Uh, where, you know, when you present, you're thinking, if you think about that, right, you, you, you're sharing stuff with people and, and basically you're sharing wisdom. So it's all about, you know, and I think it's possible to, to think about that as the wisdom of one, right? It's like me to you. But, but what if we thought, hang on a second, what if we could engage in, in collective wisdom? What if we could do that? Then that becomes a whole lot better because you know because you're you're asking questions, you're getting deeper, you're doing all of those sorts of things, right? So uh, that's that's I think. And going back to what we said before, so um, if we can think about that, that you know there are two crucial words in business: they are connect and they are belong, right? Connect and belong, connect and belong. <laughs> and so if we can have a look at tech. For example, within that context, right, and then that context is it's actually allowing us to be more human. It's you know it's a great thing, right? So uh, that's again why, as you said, we should we should be open minded to uh, to all of these things very much. So. One of my um, associates asked me, "Is there a difference between philanthropy and giving, or is it the same thing?" <laughs> well. The, 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 the great thing about philanthropy is uh, I, I tend to look at, uh, you know, when, you, when you are saying, you're talking about things, it's kind of nice if you can alliterate things, you know. You, so you might say it's uh, seven, you know, this program is all about those seven Ps, right? And the, the really lovely thing about philanthropy is it does begin with a P, if you think about that. But the difficult, I, I think philanthropy, I, I'm not, I would much prefer giving, actually. I really would. Um, because philanthropy 
you know, we we tend to think charity when we when we think philanthropy, and and we don't even say philanthropy. We 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 say charity, and the, the big challenge with that there is a huge challenge with that actually, and it's sad. It really is sad. <clears throat> and we know that in Australia, for example, seventy percent of people don't feel good about that word. It's like, and and that's because, sadly, they they know someone, or they've had, or they know someone, or they read a press report or something that was not particularly, um, you know, uh, praiseworthy or <laughs> praiseful of uh, of the, that charitable thing. So. And, you know, in, in Australia, there's been all sorts of things with, you know, stuff that happened during the bushfires and so on and so forth, right? So, uh, so uh, for that point of view, <laughs> I, I much prefer giving. And also giving is, giving to me is, is not about, you know, it's giving is not about necessarily money, right? It's not about that. It's it's about the whole person that you are, if that if that makes sense, right? So I much prefer uh, giving, and I and you know, and I uh, on a personal level, I you know, I don't even think about words like donation because again, it kind of hooks into that charity thing, and that's not saying you know charities are bad or anything like that. It's just saying that as human beings there are certain words that trigger certain emotions and they're not necessarily the emotions that we think they would be. And I, I think I agree. I used to think that philanthropy was, you know, someone putting, you know, l- lots of money, you know, successful businesses, you know, putting lots of money into something. And oh, then there was exactly. a bit of a movement probably eight or ten years ago with people creating their own philanthropic type of foundations and so on. Yep. And, you know, yeah. now I feel as though, you know, B1G1 is actually, and, you know, other other um, platforms like it are giving people the chance to give back um, in different ways and in, you know, smaller dollops. So it makes it more meaningful and it, to the business itself, makes them feel more human and happy. We spoke about happiness earlier and it actually allows them to, to you know, with your particular platform, B, B1G1, select projects that are really meaningful for them and impactful at the other end. I mean, for me, yeah. I give back yeah. to um, local um, organisations, particularly, yeah. you know, Aboriginal organisations where, yeah. you know, there's a, you know, IT hub in the Northern Territory that I think <laughs> project. Yeah, that is just such a great project. Oh, that is such a great project. And so, you know, for me giving back at that level, giving back to that hub and giving back to the kids in that community, it's really making generational change, which is really important to me. And so, you know, that... And you know that what, what's interesting about that particular project, just, just quickly, just quickly, is, is how that originated. I don't know if you know the story, but you would know that in, uh, in, uh, in let's call it rural Australia, uh, in indigenous communities, there was a lot of issue with petrol sniffing. Remember that whole thing about petrol sniffing? And so yes. the people the people who run .com mob, the people who run that the particular project you were just talking about, how that started was, talk about courage, they actually went to Shell and BP and said, look guys, why don't you make petrol that cannot be sniffed? And they did. And, and what happened was they reduced the, listen to this number, 
they reduced the incidence of petrol sniffing by 92%. I mean, that's amazing. And so now you had kids like standing on street corners effectively, right? So they said, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? Oh, education seems like a good thing, right? So that was when, you know, as you said, the, the, the hub came, uh, came into play and making an amazing difference in people's lives. You know? and, 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 and in fact, interestingly, uh, you know, because the business environment has changed and nowadays, as you know, uh, there's this whole thing about the so-called gig economy and, and, and you know, virtual assistants, all of that kind of stuff. So these kids in, in rural Australia who before now had essentially zero, quote-unquote, future, right, uh, in the way in which you and I would understand the future. But now people are hiring them, not from Australia, but from around the world to do, you know, gig little projects, to do graphics and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, whatever it would happen to be. So, so yeah, it's uh, uh, and the other thing that you you mentioned there as, as well is that sometimes, you know, I remember when someone who shall be nameless, although I think people will understand who I'm talking about in a minute, there was a, there was a there was a big thing about three or four years ago where someone uh, in Australia, someone well known. Uh, Donated, quote unquote, donated two hundred million dollars right, to to the indigenous community, spread over ten years, but but nevertheless a lot of money, and and everybody's going like, wow, that's really cool, which of course it is, it is really cool, but 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 sadly, so what we do is we equate that, and and so you know, people we talk to sometimes say, well, when I'm successful, <laughs> then I'll do this, right? And we go, whoa, hang on a second. What is it you don't understand about the journey? This is not when you're successful. This is actually the pathway to that success because giving becomes, to get back to your word, giving becomes a part of who you are. And the moment giving becomes a part of who you are, whether it's just giving your time, whether it's about helping you know somebody across the road, whether it's about saying, you know, I mean, like, like I'm looking out of my, we're still in work from home here, right, in Singapore. So I'm looking out uh, 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 out of my window here in the condo, and just below us is a bus stop, right? And, and uh, but I'm also looking out on a forest, which a lot of people find very difficult to understand in Singapore, but that's beautiful, and I go running around there every day uh, now. Uh, that's one benefit, by the way, of COVID. I've actually lost 12 kilograms. But that, that's uh, that's really, that's really cool. But anyway, so when the bus stops, right? I mean, just think about this, right? Here we are in you know COVID and everything else, and here's a bus driver getting paid next to nothing, who's driving that bus so that people like us can go places still, right? I mean, that's courageous, right? So I always say, I always have said to the, the bus drivers, "Hey, thank you for stopping," and and they're like. <laughs> <laughs> and you can you can see their eyes on it, or, or you know, to the taxi driver, you know, thank you for coming to get me. And uh, you know, I'm not I'm not saying I'm great at it or whatever, but what I am saying is I know that when you do that, it's like you giving of yourself to someone else. And I imagine, I actually imagine, I'm sure it happens, that the bus driver gets back to the depot, 
and says, you wouldn't believe what happened. You know, it stopped 52 this morning. This guy gets on and says, thank you for stopping. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> so we, we have this ability through giving of ourselves to actually make, you know, a huge difference from that. Whether there's any money involved is irrelevant at that particular point. But then if we can leverage that, by, as you said, you know, tiny little things that, you know, we know that one of the beautiful things about Be Like Jumon is that if you're saying it, you integrate it into your business. So in other words, you, you're able to say, when this happens, this happens. Right? You, you, you're not waiting for, oh, look at that, we've got 10 grand, let's do something with that. That's, oh, look at that, it's June the 30th, we, oh, we probably can get a bit of a tax break there. You know, it's not that kind of thing. It's like, it becomes part of who you are each and every day. When we first, going back to that 2007 moment that I talked about earlier on, um, you know, one of the things, uh, I, I didn't realize it, but I said, when I said, can I mentor you for the rest of your life? <laughs> None of us, uh, neither of us understood at that point what that meant. What it actually meant was, uh, how on earth do we make this work? And, and so it was like three years of very tough going where, you know, I had to try and invent that. And so basically what it meant was that I was funding this whole thing, you know, uh, for three years un until it went, uh, until it went live, as it were. Um, but, uh, but now, you know, as a result of all of that, the joy, oh, the thing I was going to say was that, and at that point, you know, I was coming up with lines like it used to be called buy one, give one. So, no, 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 we're going to call it be one, give one. And the line was, excuse me, it, it was uh, it, um, sharing the joy of giving. That was the crucial piece, sharing the joy of giving every second, every day, and in every way. And, and, and that's so important because we think. Sometimes you've only got to look around that uh, that a lot of giving is, is is done by trying to make you feel guilty about something. You know, you see these awful pictures, awful pictures, you know, of of people, and you go, "Oh God, I feel guilty. I don't want to do do something about it." The problem is, is that that it's not sustainable because we don't feel good about being guilty all the time. You, you know what I mean? So we would never do that. It's always uh, about this joy and to uh, to realize that, you know, I, I'm not sure if you know the story, but uh, once there was a, a, a family who came on a B1G1 study tour with us because that's one of the things we do, as you know. And, and here's this 14-year-old girl, her name is Jess, Jessica. And she's very introverted, but you could see that this this thing that we were experiencing, she was just making so much difference to her and her brother, who was 17, and then their dad, who happened to be an accountant, by the way, uh, was, was there as well. And so, long story short, they said, oh my gosh, uh, Paul, can you come and address our class at school? Because they noted I was going to be in Brinkman, which is where, where they were living. And I said, well, sure, happy to do that. You know, here's the dates I'm there. So anyway, I turn up and, and they told the school that, you know, we're coming. And, and the, the, the headmaster uh, in, in his, actually headmistress, in her wisdom had said, well, let's not do this for the class. Let's do it for the entire school. 
So there's 550 kids in this audience, right? And Jessica is, is introducing me, this introverted young lady. Uh, and, and so I say to Jessica, first of all, thank you for having the courage to introduce me. I mean, this is just privately to her, right? And, and I say, by the way, if there was one thing that you wanted your colleagues, you know, your, your fellow students, to be able to take away from our time together today, what, what would you want it to be? And like in a flash, she said, oh, she said, uh, Mr. Dunn, that's, that's very simple. And I said, oh, okay, what is it? And she said, well, we, and it's something we touched on earlier on, uh, Janine. She said, well, sometimes, in fact, almost always, when we are giving, we think that it's the person we're giving to who's the beneficiary. But what I've discovered, out of, out of the mouth of babes, right? What I've discovered, she says, is that we're actually the beneficiary. And so if you could leave people with that message, it would be amazing. But my gosh, I've never thought of that before. Right? All those years ago. So, yeah, there it comes back. I mean, I've never been asked that question before that you asked me. What's the difference between philanthropy and giving? Well, I'm so glad you asked it because it let, let us get into, a, 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 you know, into a, hopefully those, is, uh, those listening to us now, hopefully a, a really interesting distinction between them. And, and I think it's, it is it is interesting because for me it's so easy to give back every day and, and it does give, bring me joy. You know, that's, that's why I do it. I am absolutely the beneficiary of giving. And so um, I'd really be, be interested for you to give your top three tips on, you know, building giving into businesses every day. And the thing I like about it is it can be different from every business really, can't it? Well. Wow. Uh, and, and it can actually be different for your, your family. So I think, in, in, let, me, let me cover those things, right? So, and, and thank you for the question on it. Um, so one of the things that I think that, given that what we just said is that we, you know, we want to do it every day, every way, every day, you know. Um, then, for example, the way that I do that is, is and a lot of other people do that, is they look at the activities they do each day. So an activity could be, uh, I send an email. An activity could be, oh, look at that, someone just joined the website. An activity could be someone had a birthday. An activity, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? So I try to find as many triggers, meaning activity, uh, it could be, well, I, in fact, there will be an activity happening after this, call because right? I have a little thing that says every time I have a great meeting something great happens right so you'll, you'll see what that is later right? <laughs> <laughs> so so it gives you that opportunity to to do that right um, and and then you know the second thing um, that I think is interesting is let me do, let me describe it this way um, all of us, there's one thing we don't have a choice about, right? And the choice is, the thing we don't have a choice about is legacy. We don't. We are going to leave one. We have no choice as to whether or not we're going to leave one. We are going to leave one. Now, we do have a choice as to what that legacy looks like. We do, right? It could be a legacy of consumption or it could be a legacy of contribution. Right? So, so, and so if you play with the words for a second, so you've got, when most people think of the word legacy, they go leaving a legacy, right? But if you think about what, what I just said, 
then you can play with the words and you start to find words like L, for example. So, so leaving a legacy, well, what if we were living a legacy? Oh, that's interesting because that means we're doing it every day, right? And then the second or the third piece on that is let's try and find another L word. Well, the one that I found was leveraging, right? So leveraging uh, legacy. And so we've got leaving, living, and leveraging. Now, let me just talk about that third one for a minute because uh, you talked about giving. And when we think of legacy, we think about children, we think about grandchildren, we think about all those sorts of things. And you know, because I think you've seen me talk about this, where you know, I was in uh, uh, waiting for a coffee last year, and I'm in this, in this coffee shop in Singapore, and I'm just waiting for the coffee, and I notice there's a newspaper. And I don't read newspapers, but I notice there's a newspaper. I go, oh, I wonder what the news is. It's Saturday morning, April the 6th, I remember. And, and there was this little thing on the top. It was advertising something that was inside the newspaper, like a special feature, you know. And here's what it said. It said, we have not inherited this. Wait a we, Yeah, we have not inherited this planet from our forefathers. We are borrowing it from our children. And, oh, <laughs> what an interesting way of, of thinking about it. so when you think about that that we're borrowing it from our children the question becomes how can we leverage what we do to influence our children great example of this <laughs> which which hopefully many people will relate to so here's this lady we, we will we will call her susan not her real name but anyway she was at a program i was doing in uh sydney actually just pre-pandemic and it was a two-day program, and I was speaking in the afternoon of day one, and then I was there also for day two. So anyway, I'm talking about B1G1, and, and Susan and a whole lot of other people decide, you know, wow, this is amazing, I'm going to join B1G1, right? So they looked at it, you know, it's a dollar a day, as you know, to, to join. So, so she joins, and then the next day, we're in the, uh, everyone's getting together, you know, around nine o'clock, and the host of the event, there's like 150 people there, says, okay guys, well, welcome to Saturday. Uh, uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday and in particular, what happened last night. Just talk about it at your tables, right? So everybody starts talking about this at their tables. And then he says, okay, um, put up your hand if your table had a really interesting experience, if someone shared something. So a table on the left-hand side, someone puts up their hand and goes, okay, so who was it on your table? And so this guy points at Susan. So Susan has to stand up and talk about her experience. So, oh, Susan, you had a great experience. You tell us what the experience was. Listen to this. She said, well, I went home yesterday, and as you know, I joined B1G1 yesterday, and I went home and I told my family about it, and then we sat down and had some dinner, and we finished dinner, and then my, I say to our 10-year-old son, we'll call him David, and that wasn't what she said. That's why I'm calling David. And she said, so we, I said to David, oh, David, it's your turn to do the dishwashing. And David's 10 years old, right? And she said, David looks at me like many 10-year-olds would look at that point and go, oh, God, I'm doing dishwashing, sort of thing. And she says, well, why don't we take a different look at that? And like what? So she gets the, uh, the version of B1G1 on her phone. 
And she says, what if we were able to link dishwashing to something great happening in our world? And he says, like what? So she says, well, have a look at these projects. So they've got the trigger, right, dishwashing. So have a look at these projects. Uh, oh, look at this one. We can actually give someone, for one cent, we can actually give people access to water. Right? We, can, we can do that, and it's one cent. So what do you think? If your dad and I, from your pocket money, put 10 cents every time you do the dishwashing so that you know, 10 kids get access to water, what do you reckon? Would that be a good deal? Ever since, this was, that was March the 5th, right? That was March the 5th. I'm talking with her about 14 days ago. And, you know, we're talking about various things. And she said, by the way, no problem with the dishwashing. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. I, I really do think, uh, Paul, that we're custodians of, of the future. And that means teaching our kids and families and, you know, our colleagues and workmates about, you know, building, giving into everyday life because it does make you feel better and it's better than a pill for anxiety. <laughs> that, is, that is so, so true. So, so true. Yeah, because it, it kind of gets you, doesn't it? And there's, you know, and so many, so many people write about it. There's, there's uh, this sort of, you know, just being grateful, right? Just being grateful for the fact that we're here. Mm. Uh, grateful for the fact that, uh, you know, we're able to talk like this. Grateful. There are so many things that we can do. And what's interesting, you know, is when we go on the B1G1 study tour, I mean, we see people and you look you look at their circumstances and you go, oh, my God. And yet they're smiling. Yeah. It's, it's, do you know what I mean? It's, it's just interesting. <laughs> Look, Paul, thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. and um, It's been my pleasure and my privilege. Too. Thank you. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about Paul and Masami and B1G1, head to www.b1g1.com. You'll find lots of information about how it works and giving with B1G1. You can also explore how to integrate giving into your business and build deeper connection with your customers and of course find out about joining the movement hope you enjoyed the show today and have some action steps you can take right now to get control of your money join me janine wilson next time for finesse your money meantime head to my website www.finesseadvisors.com or email me at admin at finesseadvisors.com to claim a gift voucher for a discovery session with me valued at 150 dollars make sure you put gift voucher in the headline.